All right, this is BC Buckets Podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. This is Matt Gall uh, checking in here after a few weeks of being off from the podcast. Uh, as most of you know, the world's been kind of going crazy here. So we are recording. I'm joined by head coach Mark Figuera and also by senior Jackson Lamb, all from the comforts of our own homes here on Zoom. So if the audio is a little different than what you're used to, that's why. Or if you hear some kids running around in the background or something like that, uh, we are all practicing our recommended social distancing here. So with that, how have you guys been holding up? Well, first of all, Matt, I, I think it needs to be said that after a long break from the podcast, you just nailed the intro, which never, ever happens. So we're, we're <laughs> off to a great start today. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, this, this last few weeks has been different. And anybody who knows me even a little bit knows that sitting still and um, doing nothing is really not my strong suit. So it's, it's been a struggle at times for me. Yeah, quarantine for me has been a struggle too. I mean, you kind of get to the feeling where you're cooped up and you just want to explode and go outside. So it's been, it's been definitely a struggle and it's been different, but we're making the most out of it, I guess. Well, uh, we've got a number of things to talk about. Uh, like I said, it's been several weeks since we've talked about how things were going with the season. I think the last time we talked, we just wrapped up the regular season and uh, things were getting ramped up for GPAC and NAIA. And obviously there were some uh, issues with the, with the tournament, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But you know, one thing we haven't had an opportunity to talk about are some of the end of season awards that come with conference play and All-American play. And so I thought we'd just start by going through some of those individual recognitions that uh, are handed out at the end of the year. And so let's just start with the GPAC conference. And I think this was no surprise, but Jackson, you're a first teamer again this year. Uh, just kind of an exclamation point on, on an awesome season, an awesome career. And then uh, we had a few honorable mentions as well with Ethan Friedel, Austin Roman, and Jaden Klein-Hesslink all being honored as honorable mentions. So uh, it was great to see a lot of guys from the team get recognized in the conference this year. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, obviously all of those are, are really well-deserved. Um, I think it, it speaks to the – I think it speaks to the respect our program has within our league that, you know, even on a what we would probably call a subpar year for us, we still had four guys recognized as all-conference players. And, you know, Jackson being first-teamer, like you said, that was probably a surprise to no one. Um, but it's, it's great for those guys individually. Obviously, it reflects very well on our program as well. And, uh, you know, I, I was really, really proud of, of all four of those guys for earning that kind of recognition. Jackson, when you look at the other guys who are on that list, I think Ty Hoagland got player of the year, which you know, I think a lot of people probably saw coming. Um, but guys like uh, Bortress from Morningside, just how do you think this all-conference team uh, mixed up with some of the other all-conference teams? I guess if they were going to play each other the last four years or something like that, how's this squad compare? Yeah, well, I'd say I'm a little biased at first. <laughs> um, but – like going through the GPAC these last four years, I knew my class had a lot, like a lot of talent on it. And honestly, Matt, we actually were talking, I guess not, we all weren't talking, but like I was messaging Ty a little bit and he was like, you know, if we get together with Borchers and a couple other guys in the GPAC and we put a team together, I think it'd be pretty deadly. But um, I guess you could say that about every single year someone graduates from the GPAC because it's pretty, 
amazing conference and a lot of good talent on it. But, yeah, I mean, I respect a bunch of the guys on the list. They all have their game, and they all are really, really good players. So, but, Yeah, that's actually an interesting question, man. I, I hadn't thought of that before. You know, just thinking the last couple first-team all GPAC teams, you got a lot of carryover is the problem. So you're trying right. to compare teams with, you know, players on, on multiple of them. You know, Jackson being an example of that. But I'd pay to watch it. I know that. If somehow we could make that kind of four-team tournament work, it'd be awesome to watch. Well, that's something that can maybe keep, uh, keep some people busy over this quarantine, figuring out some of those uh, – matchups and I saw some simulation online somebody was doing I think there's a few different uh, entities or whatever doing these simulated NCAA tournaments but I've actually gotten uh, pretty into those almost to the point where I'm hitting fresh to see how Iowa's doing or something like that so uh, no reason we couldn't simulate some GPAC uh, all-conference matchups from the last 10 years or something like that. There's got to be some kind of way analytically to make that happen I know there's a guy who uh, who runs a website that that simulated the NAI tournaments? He simulated the Division two, Division three tournaments, and you know it's at least interesting to look at when you don't have anything else going on. Right. Yeah. So if there's any listeners, here's a challenge. There could be a challenge. Someone put it together. It'd be awesome. Uh, so let's go to the All American teams now. Uh, and Jackson once again recognized this year as a second team All American. Uh, Coach, why don't you talk about what that means? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, it just it's a reflection of the season Jackson had. I think it's, again, there's some, there's some serious respect for our program on a national level because if you look through those first three teams, the, the amount of guys on there that played in this year's national tournament are qualified are numerous, and there's not a whole lot that didn't. And, and so Jackson being recognized that highly on a national level, you know, speaks to not only his senior season, but I think his career too. I think that does play into it at times. And, you know, Jackson's a guy that played in three national tournaments and had some outstanding performances there. And, you know, if you look at our program's history, I'll start listing the guys who have been multi, multi-time All-Americans. It's Frazier, Galvez, Trimingham, Geelan, Shipley, Erdman, Forbes, Wolf, Lamb. That's it. I mean, that's – that's pretty dang good company. You know, that's, that's a credit to Jackson. I I've said it on the podcast before and I have said it a lot of times you look at the trajectory of his career and you know what he accomplished as a freshman. I think he averaged six a game playing off the bench on a really good team as a sophomore. He was a second team, all G pack guy as a, as a junior, he was the first team, all G pack and honorable mention All-American. And then this year he leads the league in scoring, first team All-GPAC, second team All-American, top five in the country in scoring, second best individual game in the country this year. I mean, the the accolades are obviously well-deserved and, and something that, you know, he's going to take away from him, his time in the program knowing that he's one of the elite players that ever played here. Jackson, I'll ask you about that in a second, but I want to throw one more in there. You were also named a first team academic All-American this year. So – you know, through Zoom, I can kind of see the background of your apartment or wherever you're at. But is there? Do you have enough uh, shelf space for all these uh, awards, <laughs> trophies, and everything else that's coming at you? Um, yeah. Okay. You'll <laughs> make it. Good things. answer, Jackson. <laughs> I'm definitely uh, very proud of those, and it. I mean, they they do mean a lot to me. And like Coach said, I 
I put a lot of hard work in to get those, but you guys also got to think when I came here as a freshman, I came from a small one, a school, didn't really know what college basketball was like, especially at the G pack level. And I came in with some dudes on that team and I really got to learn from them. And, and I came in, I was probably freshman year. I was probably like six, three, one seventy five, one eighty. I was small and pretty much could only shoot. And each year I progressed. It wasn't only because I just got in the gym is because coach Herc was working with me. Coach Figuera, coach Nelson, coach Shipley, all those guys were really working with me. And then on top of that, I had Jay Wolf to learn from Eric Erdman, Dylan Janicek, all these guys, Jared Betts, just all these guys to kind of bring in and kind of like just shower their knowledge on me. And I just kind of just soaked it all in kind of like a sponge and, I was actually look just thinking the other day just because, I mean, you're stuck in your home not doing much. And I was just like, you know, literally, if you look at it, my, my like trajectory of path and Jay Wolf's are like almost exactly similar. And there's a reason because of that. It's because of that program. They just invest in you and they just make you a better player because I'm an extremely different player than I was my senior year of high school. And if I didn't come to Briarcliff, I don't think I would have got that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been be the player I am today. So a lot of it's hard work, but a lot of it's, I surrounded myself with awesome coaching staff and picked the perfect place. So, you know, those, those are things that, like I said earlier, I think on some of those things, we, we kind of expected you filling some of those slots and taking home some of those um, honors, but you know, academic All-American, that's one of those things where maybe if you look at it, it's like, Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Uh, Jackson's getting his homework done. You know, that's a good thing. But, you know, for how intense a workload schedule is to be a collegiate athlete and maintain, uh, you know, excellent grades, um, you know, what advice do you have for some of the younger guys or even high school students who, you know, understand that they're coming to college to, to accomplish things to set them up for a career? but also want to continue their passion with playing basketball or whatever else it is. You know, what, what made you successful in both of those areas? Good question, Matt. I would say my first reply to that would just be like, I knew and believed that I could do both at a high level. And I knew it would take a lot of time management to be able to do that. And I knew, well, I guess just growing up, I kind of got instilled to me that if you just work hard and you put the time in good things happen. And, if I what I would say to like an incoming freshman, I was like, if you want it, you guys got to go get it. Um, it's not it's not easy. I mean, there's times where you have to sacrifice some things in order to get um, some stuff done. And I I did that, and I wouldn't go back and change a thing. I always I think I was fortunate enough to have people um, tell me that I'm like, if you work hard now and you put the time in now and you miss out on things now, it's gonna pay off in the long run. And honestly. It, like all these awards is paying off like right now, but I still, I still want to continue to work hard to like pay off in my career and stuff. And I'll like with the study and stuff, I was like, you know, I could be playing Fortnite right now, but if I like do homework and study, I'm going to be 40 and be able 50 and be able to go on the golf course and have a good time. So I, that's just kind of my mindset. I was like, if I work hard now, I'll get a good career. I'll do something I love and then it's going to pay off in the long run. So that helped me there. And then 
obviously did all this basketball stuff. It's for it's awesome when you're playing at a high level with your bros, and that kind of drove me too. Jackson, was there anybody on the team that you felt like maybe you should be helping to tutor a little bit more? I mean, Eric helped me a lot. Eric tutored me. <laughs> well, the last uh, the last awards, I guess, that I want to talk about are the the team awards that the players hand out each season, and in a lot of ways, these again are, are something that you see posted through a press release on the website or something like that. And it's, you know, it's kind of a cool thing. It may not carry the same weight in someone's mind as like an all American award or something like that. But in a lot of ways, at least for me, you know, that's, those are awards that the players themselves hand out to each other. And with the, the trust and um, just all the things that the guys have been through this year and every year before, you know, to me that, that, really means a lot as a non-player just looking at that. So I can't imagine, Jackson, for you, what it means to, one, receive one of those awards and, two, be able to recognize your teammates. So, uh, Coach, why don't you start by going through the list of who got the team awards this year as voted by the players, and then, uh, Jackson, after that, why don't you just talk about, you know, what, what those internal awards mean to you. Yeah, so we, we have a handful of awards that we give out every year. Um, the majority are voted on by the players. There are a couple that are statistical-based that are determined by the stats. Um, but the first three I'll talk about are actually named after people from our program's history. Um, and that's something that, that Nick did when he was the head coach. We kind of renamed some of the awards. And so the first one's the Rolando Frazier Most Valuable Player. And, you know, I, I think to nobody's surprise in a unanimous vote, Jackson won that one. Um, you know, and then from there, we, we have the Coach Todd Berry Barnabas Award, which, uh, which goes to the player who's the most encouraging and most positive teammate. And that went to Andy Geelan. And anybody who knows Andy, again, probably gets that. And, and anybody who knows Coach Berry, also understands why that award's named for him. Um, and then the last one of those is, is the Ron Schultz Heart of the Program Award. And that is, that's an award that goes to a graduating senior that best basically exemplifies all that is good about Briarcliff basketball. And, uh, you know, obviously Coach Schultz has put a ton of heart and soul into our program. And, and so we named that award after him a few years back. And that was another one that was won by Jackson. Um, so that's, that's the first three. And then we have a few other ones. We have our defensive player of the year that went to Jaden Klein Hesslink. We have our Mr. Hustle award, which went to Jake Carley. Um, we have our junior varsity player of the year, which went to Thomas Hensley. And then our two statistical awards are Mr. Practice, which we, we keep a lot of stats in practice and we keep tracks of keep track of wins and losses on a daily basis. And it's just, that goes to the person with the best winning percentage in practice. And this year that went to Austin Ropeman um, in a really tight race. I think it ended up being about a four way race between him and a couple other guys, but, but he eked it out in the end. And then our, our charger award goes to the guy who takes the most charges on the season. And that goes to Jackson. I think he ended with 13, if I'm not mistaken. So those, those are our awards for the year. And that's something I know we're going to talk about impacts of the, the coronavirus, but we were supposed to have our, our end-of-season banquet here in the next couple of weeks, and that's something we would always hand out then and, and, you know, 
it's just it's unfortunate because that in some ways that kind of brings closure to a season um, after the fact. And, and we're not going to be able to do that this year, but um, that was something I, I definitely wanted to get done. And I wanted the players to vote on it like we always did. So fortunately with technology, we have it pretty easy to do that. Jackson, why don't you talk about the team awards and what you were honored with, and then also maybe some of those other guys that, took some of those home, just talk about the impact they had on the team and, and on you. Right. All right. So obviously team awards are, I mean, for as a player and as a teammate, I mean, it means a lot to see the kind of respect you get from your teammates and the respect you give them. Cause honestly, Matt, you're, you're going every single day. You're getting, you're going to the Flanagan center and you're just getting your butt off and to get, to get an award voted team it just it just shows that they see and they respect you for it and I honestly I get that and I and when you vote for them you just you you honestly think of multiple people every single award that you're like wow these guys put the word like almost everybody can get the Mr. Hustle almost everybody can get well I'm not getting Mr. Defense but I mean you just you get you get an award like that and you're you're um you're thankful <laughs> coach shaking his head now <laughs> hey i did get i did get the 13 charges so you I can that again yeah but words is it means a lot that you're that the teammates that you go every day to grind with see that but honestly i think each one of them deserve an award just like that too so but to kind of zone in on it Jaden got defensive play of the year and just my opinion on that is that dude had to go up against the opposing team's best player every single night, day in, day out. Whenever he was in, he was guarding their best player. And that just tells you just the trust coach had in him and just how good defensively he is. And I think on top of that, the dude is a sophomore and played like 30, probably average 37 minutes a game. So he's a dog and he's just going to continue to get better and better. And he's putting work in. I've already talked to him a couple of times and he's, even with all this quarantine stuff and hard to find an indoor gym, he's chomping at the bit, going places, finding ways to get in. So that dude has a work ethic too, and he's going to have big things. Um, I look at uh, Thomas Hensley on the um, JV player of the year. Uh, that's one dude that from when he came, stepped foot on campus, um, people kind of, I wouldn't say look down on him, but he's a short dude and he's definitely driven and just, being on varsity this year you can definitely tell that dude doesn't shut down from anything and he uh he puts his he he puts his mind to something he's going to go get it and he that's that's just who he is and that's just what you're going to see from him um roadie roadie's one dude that i never thought um would uh i guess i wouldn't say i would never thought but you asked me at the beginning of the year who's winning mr practice i probably wasn't going to say austin roteman and that just shows that that dude um, brings a lot that no people that most people don't really see. I mean, the dude's a winner, and he—that's uh, like what that award is. And he might not be getting all the points, and he might not be getting all the rebounds, even though he gets you know, plenty of those. But the dude puts does those small things, does the little things that helps a team win. And um, I'm fortunate enough I got to play three years with him, and I wouldn't change that for the world. And then uh, talk a little bit about Andy. I mean. You say if you know Andy and if you know Todd, but I'll, I can just talk a little bit on Andy because I didn't really know Coach Barry, but well, I know him a little bit now. But like, um, Andy's just one dude that he's a worker. Uh, he he goes in every single day, night, 
and he's getting stuff done and getting better. But I think a lot about Andy is just a great person. I mean, he's kind. He's always going to be there for you. He's always truthful. He's always honest. And honestly, if I would trust anybody, it would be Gielen. So that, that kind of leads us into the next topic. And, you know, it's a big one. Uh, I know we touched on it a little bit, but all this coronavirus stuff has kind of thrown the world into a little bit of chaos. And, you know, that trickles down to pretty much every facet of our lives, as we know. And so obviously that's going to have an impact on, uh, you know, how the program is managed in the off season. And so coach, I'm just curious, you know, so far, how has, you know, sending all the students home obviously has affected your ability to work out as a team. Um, it's probably affected your ability to recruit a little bit when, uh, you can't go shake hands and that sort of thing. So what has been, I guess, the impact so far with all of the stay at home stuff on what your regular routine would be in the off season? Well, that's, that's a good question. There, there's a couple tiers to that, as you mentioned, I, I think importantly first is to say that, you know, with everything going on and, and, you know, there's, there's people in bad situations because of this. Um, I don't want it to seem like, you know, basketball should be the, the be all end all of things. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's had a huge impact on, on sports in general. And, and for us, this is the time of year where we would spend a lot of time as a group in the weight room. That's kind of the big thing in the spring for us. We don't do a lot of necessarily organized basketball activities, but we, we would lift five times a week with Coach Herc, our strength coach. Um, and so that's really been turned on end. And, and now where it's pretty much impossible to get into a weight room anywhere, we're, we've resorted to um, you know body weight workouts and, and things like that. And Coach Herc, our strength coach, who you know I've talked about before, he does a really, really good job. And, and he put in a lot of work to put together body weight workouts and, and body weight programs so our guys can still do something and get something out of the spring because the reality is when, when this starts to clear up and, and we come out of it whenever that is I think the players and the teams that have actively been working out and doing what they can are going to come out with an advantage as we move forward and that's something I've been stressing to our guys weekly if not more so over the last few weeks is that yeah, it's not ideal to just do push-ups and bodyweight squats and whatever else you can do. I, you know, those of us who, who have some dumbbells or something are probably at a luxury. And I, and I think on top of that, the people with a, a basketball hoop in their driveway, which doesn't seem like is a thing anymore, has become a thing again. And so without being able to get into gyms, if you can get out and get shots up, if it's a nice enough day and, and you know, the weather's cooperating, I think that's a huge advantage for you. Um, you know, the other thing you asked about is recruiting and, and that's certainly changed. You know, at this point in time, we can't bring recruits to campus. We can't be off campus recruiting. So pretty much everything we're doing is, is over the phone or on the computer. Um, you know, definitely watching a lot of film and I, I'm primarily looking at the 2021 class. Um, those guys that are current juniors right now, this is kind of the big time to, to really zone in and, and pinpoint who our targets are going to be. Um, and it's also a time we would try to bring people to campus. And so I think the biggest thing is that all of us as coaches are trying to be as creative as we can to find new ways to connect. And, you know, whether that's FaceTime or Zoom, you know, Coach Forbes and I had a 
recruiting meeting over Zoom with the with the recruit and his mom the other night. And is it ideal? No. Um, personally, I, I like the the face to face in person interaction, but in the reality we're in, that's what we have to do. And and so the other thing that is different is April's a big time for AAU basketball for us from the recruiting standpoint, April and then pretty much through July. And all that's up in the air right now. I, I don't know when that's gonna return if it does this year. And so I think the the relationship aspect of recruiting although I think it's probably the most important thing anyway, is probably even more important now. And that's something we're, we're really focusing on. But um, other than that, you know, looking forward, we do a lot in the summer with our guys. We've had over the years, a lot of guys stay on campus and work out together. And, you know, we just don't know. I, I, my, my hope is certainly that we can still do something. Um, my hope is that in the coming weeks and month or whatever it is, things start to clear up and we get a clearer picture of when we might start to return to normal. But yeah, it's obviously been a huge impact and, and, you know, I'm sure you've had it. I know Jackson's had it cause he's talking to us from probably his parents' house and not campus. And, you know, that's the other thing to it. I, I, I feel really bad for seniors, um, you know, graduation getting moved and basically losing a quarter of your, your senior year. Um, and that's that's both high school and college. You know, I, I've been talking to some of our um, committed recruits for next year and, you know, missing out on prom and missing out on graduation and, and all those rite of passage things. I mean, it, it's it's really too bad, you know. And then on top of it, you know, you, you look at it again from a sports standpoint is not the, the only way to look at this, but you know, everything that's been canceled, postponed, changed. And I know we're, we're going to talk about the NAI tournament here in a minute, but it's just uh, – it, it as, as a lifelong sports fan, it's sad to see that. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, sports have kind of been a barometer for just how, how serious something is, it seems like. Because when you look back at, you know, 9-11, that shut sports down for, what, a week maybe? Yep. But still – I mean, it's weird, but sports are, it's one of those things, it's one of those institutions that filters all the way down into every facet of our lives. Little kids are involved with it all the way up through what you guys do. And now, you know, sports being affected too. Um, so I think that, you know, I think when this virus was in the news and everything and people were talking about it, it's like, okay, well, it sounds a lot like, you know, bird flu and all that other stuff that's coming through. But then you start hearing about NBA canceling their season and all these conference tournaments canceling and then the national tournaments canceling. And it's like, oh, you know, this is this is a big deal. And that's when it starts to get a little scary. So, you know, like you said, sports isn't isn't, you know, the most important casualty right now. There are people really being affected health wise and, and families being devastated by this. But, you know, that said, uh, it's it's pretty unbelievable how the whole world can really just come to a standstill. Um, yeah, and and I think on top of that is is how fast everything started to change. Yeah, you know, I mean, for for example, I I had volunteered to to work on the tournament committee for the NAI national tournament up in Sioux Falls, and and so I got up there on Monday. Tournament started Wednesday, and we went from Wednesday evening. Everything was kind of all good. We were playing. Games were going on. 
Um, and then within two, three hours, they put in fan restrictions for the next day. They were really trying to limit attendance. And then by the end of the second game on the second day, they canceled the tournament. I mean, it was just like that things changed. And, you know, I, I certainly wasn't involved in any kind of decision-making or anything like that. I, I was on the periphery of it, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to be in the position to make that call because it's, you know, the NEI was still on kind of the groundbreaking side of it. You know, there were still some conference tournaments going on at the Division One level, and then within 24 hours, pretty much everything was was shut down. But just how quickly it happened was was amazing. And, you know, I think I realized it in the moment, but now thinking back on it a couple of weeks later, it really is amazing. So with the NAI tournament, you were, you know, pretty heavily involved with, with making that run smoothly. So how did that go down? I mean, from at what point were, were those discussions taking place? And I know those weren't discussions you were, or decisions that you were necessarily making, but you had to be in the loop because those affected, you know, what you were doing in terms of helping to keep things moving. Uh, but how how did that progress from a day? Well, it was like I said, it, it progressed quickly. Um, you know, my my job basically, um, like you said, was to kind of help the tournament run smoothly. Um, there's four of us that are coaches that are on this committee, and you know, one of our big jobs is just to kind of be a liaison to the coaches in the tournament, um, help them out with questions, make sure they get to locker rooms, little things. And, and I thought I was I was qualified having having coached in that situation. I, I probably had a pretty good grasp of things I could do to to help other coaches out. Um, but uh, you know, Wednesday night, it, like I said, everything was was going. We were in the second to the last game of the night, and the the representative from the NAIA um, called us together and, and said that hey, we're we're going to put in fan restrictions tomorrow. And I need you to get in touch with the coaches you're, you're working with. So we all had eight coaches that we were, I guess, in charge of, for lack of a better term. And so we had to communicate with them. And then the next morning, the decision was actually made. There was five seconds left in a game being played. It was, it was Concordia and Ottawa. And, you know, our first priority was to keep the next two teams off the floor. And that's, that's an uncomfortable situation to be in you know, to go tell a team that's getting ready to play at a national tournament, like, Hey, you're done. Season's over. Um, and so it certainly, it wasn't fun. Um, and you feel bad for, for all involved, um, players, coaches, fans. I mean, there's teams from all over the country there and, and fans and families that traveled and, and probably spent a lot of money to do so. And then it's just taken like that. And so it was, uh, it wasn't a fun situation. And, and now you look at everything that's transpired in that time. I mean, it was absolutely the right call to make, but in the moment it didn't make it any easier. Yeah, it was really strange. I was helping at the women's tournament just a little bit. I was just doing score table for a couple of games and it was the last two games of the night. So by then the buzz had already been pretty, pretty heavy that something might be going on. Um, but you know, they played everything out. I don't think we got out of there until about 1230 in the morning. But, you know, what was really weird, so there were basically no fans there at 7 o'clock. And then they did the, the – uh, where they bring all the players out on the court together. Oh, yeah, the parade of champions. Yeah, and have them spell out NAIA. And you look in the stands and nobody's there. And then they've got people on the court, like, squeezing these players together so they can fit in the picture. And 
it just, it seemed really odd, you know, how extreme the measures were off the court and then we were putting all these people, you know, shoulder to shoulder on the court. Uh, it was just kind of an ironic thing, but, um, you know, we got the sense that something was up just at the scores table. And then, you know, I think by the end of that night, we had heard that it was probably done. So, you know, just a crazy thing, but like you said, it's, it's the right thing, all, all things considered, but I mean, something like this has never happened before. And so it's, no, it, it's really unprecedented. I mean, other than, you know, somebody brought up like baseball during World War II, you know, there, there's no champions listed for a handful of years there during World War II. And this is going to end up as a, as an asterisk in a very different way, but similarly. It was World War II when uh, females played like League of Their Own? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Rockford Peaches. Great movie. All right, well, now let's turn to some of the the fan favorite topics of our podcast here, and we've got a number of them, and we're going to start with Champer Chumps, and we've got a few from Kent Malone, if, if people recall. He's a listener who's been really good about sending in questions and various things, and so I'm going to start with a couple of his Champs or Chumps, and then I have a few, uh, and then Jackson, if you have a few to throw at Coach, too, feel free, but I'll start with Kent's. First one is, uh, if you have a dog or kids, is it okay to blame an accident such as a spilled drink on your dog or your kids? Well, I, I don't, I don't have kids, only a dog. Um, and I'm going to say chump. No, take responsibility for your own actions. Okay. And then, uh, preferring frozen candy over regular candy champ or chump, uh, chump. And I'm going to go a different direction. I actually prefer a lot of things in the refrigerator, not frozen, but not room temperature either. You know, give, give me a refrigerated Reese's peanut butter cup. That's about as good as it gets right there. Yeah. See, I'm a frozen Snickers guy. I would, I would much rather have a frozen Snickers. I've never tried just throwing one in the fridge, but I suppose it's a similar give, effect. Give, give it a whirl. Okay. I think you'll be surprised. Coach, I got a damper chump for you. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. Since it's quarantine, this is kind of a quarantine problem. Champ or chump, middle of the night, you're on your phone, it's about to die. You go and take the phone charger from a sibling without telling them, champ or chump. Oh, that's a chump move. Come on, man. Be better. Where's your charger at? Knowing me, I, I, I lose things. That's why I bring it up. But that's Well, that's, that, that's a double chump for losing stuff. Okay, champ or chump on this. When you lose something, don't look for it. Because it'll eventually show up if you just live out your daily life. Yeah, I'll I'll go with Champ on that. You know, you don't need to stress about it. You'll probably find it if it's if it's meant to be found. I agree. Except when it's your there's three exceptions. Your keys, your wallet, and your phone. You gotta find those right away. Otherwise, not a big deal. Yeah, that's probably fair. Probably the three most lost things though, you just mentioned there too. So it kind of throws a wrench in your idea, but that's okay. So I'm going to ask, so I'm going to try to be a little tactful about it because there are certain words that uh, are a little uh, weighted, I guess, and, and could influence your answer. So I'm going to say in a crisis situation where you're going to be at home for a long period of time, uh, champ or chump stocking up on essential items that may be needed. Well, I'm going to say chump because, you know, three weeks into this or whatever we are, it's still almost impossible to buy toilet paper. Um, and 
you know, how much do you really need? You know, people buying carts full of, of toilet paper, you know, grocery stores are open. You can still get there. Um, you know, I, I try not to go my, my weekly once a week on Sunday, try to, you know, go as little as possible, but you know, we, we don't need to be hoarders that, that messes up supply chains. And, and so that, that's a big chump in my opinion. Uh, and then another one. So this is, I shouldn't even take credit for this because Jackson, you just raised this a little while ago when we were talking uh, quote unquote off camera, but um, you know, you were talking about Jackson. We don't have real sports to watch right now. I know they're playing a lot of replays of, of good games historically. And I'll, I'll, let me say on that, let me just interject real quick that I was watching the Super Bowls at 51 Falcons Patriots, 51 or 52, whatever that was a few years ago. And I was watching it and I'm just, I'll in full disclosure, just to be totally honest, there was still a little part of me that thought the Falcons would hold on this time and not let the Patriots come back and win that game. But I should have known better. I mean, it's a replay. Of course it's going to happen, but I don't know. Yeah. It's weird about watching an old game where it's just like, there's no way in hell this is going to happen. Yeah. That's something I honestly haven't done a whole lot of. Um, what I am excited about is the, the Michael Jordan 98 bulls documentary that comes out here in uh, two weeks, I think. Um, you know, so I'm definitely going to be tuned into that as a child of the nineties and a diehard bulls fan for the first half of my life. So back to what I was getting at, Jackson, you were talking about, since there's no real sports to watch, you said uh, you were watching, maybe you can just explain it better, but actual professional athletes play video games against each other. Is that right? Yeah. I turned on ESPN Friday night. Well, I guess my dad had it on and I was literally watching Trey Young and Harrison Barnes play NBA 2K on ESPN just live. And, they, and it was them talking between each other. Yeah, this this is a chump. I just, you know, maybe it's a me thing. I'm not really a gamer. Um, I I see no entertainment value out of that whatsoever. I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty entertaining though, listening to him talk. And Trey Young was absolutely destroying Harrison Barnes, so that was kind of unfortunate. But I will say, last Sunday on Fox, they had e racing on. We're basically a bunch of NAS, and I'm not a NASCAR fan by any means but they had e-racing where basically all these actual nascar drivers are at home with their setups and they race in these simulated you know they have a steering wheel and all that it's all computer based but they were airing the the uh broadcast of the actual race and so to me it really if you like nascar it's really not much of a difference because these dudes are controlling the little animated car and you're watching the same thing just these machines go around a circle over and over again so I think that's a little bit different because at the end of the day, it's just user input, make the thing move. Whoever gets done first wins. But basketball or something would be a little bit different, I think. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. I even watched marble racing. There's marble racing. And that was, that was on like a TV channel, marble racing. And it was like commentary and everything. It was that's all I have to say as well. All right. So that does it for our champs or chumps. Um, next thing we got to do is talk about uh, your life rules coach. And, you know, with all the coronavirus stuff going on, I, I can't wait to hear, not that yours is necessarily going to be related to it, but I think everyone. No, it is going to, it is going to be related okay. to it. Man. It's, okay. And it's, it's simple. Just follow the guidelines you're supposed to follow. Don't be the jackass that, that screws it up for everybody else. You know, 
this is this is a unfortunate deal. Everybody's affected by it in some way, shape, or form. And when you're the guy or or gal that says, "Oh, I'm going to live my life, do this, whatever," all that does is when people are doing that, it just extends what we're having to do. And you know, the quicker this passes, obviously, the better for everybody involved. And that, I mean, that's the entire world. So just do what you're supposed to do, and and let's let's beat this thing and and be done with it. Yeah, that reminds me right after Governor Reynolds in Iowa basically shut down uh, restaurants and bars. Uh, I remember my wife was driving home from work. She works in North Sioux, and she said all the bars and restaurants in North Sioux City were just completely packed that day because everyone was going across the river. Right. Let's get it. I agree. Let's get it over with. Do what we got to do, and let's move on. So uh, I have a listener question here, uh, again, from Kent Malone. Uh, and then we've also got another one. So I've got two for you here, Coach. I'm going to start with Kent. And uh, he wanted to follow up. You know, this has been a hot topic here on the podcast. There's been a lot of hot takes, controversial takes about uh, adults wearing jerseys. So he wants to kind of go off of that and say, what's the cutoff age, if any, for someone bringing a baseball glove to an MLB game? Um, I think when you're in middle school, you probably shouldn't do that anymore. So whatever that is, I, you know, I didn't go to middle school till seventh grade. Others are starting fifth or sixth. No, no. That's like for five-year-old kids to do. You hopping on that bandwagon, Matt. Do you believe that too? Absolutely not. Absolutely. First of all, it's, it's a, it's a safety tool. Uh, having a, a glove at an MLB game is absolutely a safety tool to protect yourself and those around you. Uh, so first and foremost. How, how, many, how many foul balls have, ever, have you ever caught, Matt? I've caught none. Okay, Don't so it's not a safety me. tool. It's just, look at me. I brought my baseball glove. False. Okay. I've gone to see count. my glove. I'm not, bra- I'm not bragging about my glove. I don't even know who. You know it's a bad glove when whoever the guy that signed the palm is just some no name. His card and Becky. You, you, you've caught a foul ball with the glove, Jackson. Now it doesn't have to be a foul ball, Coach. When you go to a baseball game, there's home runs, and I've caught multiple home runs in batting practice at an MLB game. And my dad has almost saved my life one time because a ball was tracking fast, and it and he caught it. So and this whole don't bring gloves. What? And he was wearing a glove. Correct. Yeah. I'm not doing that. If I, if I break a hand, I break a hand. I'm not bringing a baseball glove to a game. Under, under no circumstances am I doing that. You are something else. I was also listening to an old podcast with Coach Creech. Yeah, and you guys were bringing that, talking about that jersey topic. And I'm like, you're talking about how you can wear a jersey inside. And if you're older, you can wear a jersey. But you can't wear it to a game. And I don't – I was just listening to that. And I'm like, this is the – Dumbest thing. Why couldn't you wear a jersey to a game? You're supporting your team. No. Wear, wear a T-shirt. Wear a hat. I was no. watching that, and I'm like, you and literally, and you and Coach Creech are like the same person. Yeah, that's a pretty big compliment to him. But <laughs> All right. Okay, so <laughs> – It took you a second to get that one, Jackson. You, you know, you'd think after four years, you'd be a lot quicker to pick up some of those. I was just thinking I feel sorry that you think – sorry for you that you think that. <laughs> Yeah, good one. All right, we've got one more listener question here. And this one comes from Dennis Klein, a loyal listener and longtime fan. 
of Briarcliff Athletics. Uh, and this is an interesting question. Um, you know, he sent this in back in early March. So, you know, at the time, people were kind of getting ramped up for uh, the NCAA tournament. But here's his question. Should the uh, first two rounds of the uh, NCAA tournament be declared a national four-day holiday? Well, I think it'd be awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's two of the great days of the year where you just sit and watch basketball all day long. So I, I can definitely get on board with, with DK and his, his thought process here. For sure. And given all the events this year and having to shut it down, you know, it could be a day of, um, a day of appreciation where we appreciate what we take for granted and productivity is basically nothing anyway on those. Yeah, correct. So why not? All right. So uh, next thing we got to talk about is the starting five category and coach, I know you uh, said before we got on here that you had a good one. So what do you have? Yeah. So starting five doesn't, you know, sometimes we've positioned these um, in a basketball sense, but I'm more looking for top five, quarantine slash slash isolation activities to kill the time, break the monotony, um, whatever it is. So, uh, Jackson, you ready here? Yeah, I could come up with five quick. Okay, well, I'll go first. Um, things I've been trying to do. One is I, I try to work out every day. One, for just overall well-being and need to do it. Two burn off some energy because as everybody here knows I don't sit still well I don't do well being cooped up I don't do well just not having a normal routine so that's one number two is is obviously work I've been working from home for a couple weeks now and it's you know I'm happy to say I've been pretty productive for the most part missed the routine of going to the office but have been productive number three is is reading I'm a big reader always have been, but this has probably given me more time. Um, number four is just probably spending more time planning and cooking meals than you normally do. You know, my wife and I are, go out to eat a decent amount in normal circumstances, and, and that's obviously out the window. So definitely spent more time doing that. And then number five, which I haven't done any yet, but any kind of home improvement projects which are probably on the horizon for me. haven't done them yet, though. So, Jackson, Matt, care to chime in on this? Yeah, I, I can go. Um, no specific order here. I'm just going to pop what's into my head. Um, number one, I agree with you, Coach. It's Working out is a good time, passerby, if that's a phrase. Um, I like to do some abs and go on a run. It just kind of makes you feel good, releases the serotonin hormone. Um, Number two, yeah, you want to laugh at me for saying that? Cool. <laughs> Number two, uh, I would say I actually did this the other day. I go on YouTube and I just watch like live concerts, like music concerts, just kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of just fun to listen to and pass by time and jam out a little bit. Three, I would say watching movies. I'm a big movie guy and I watched so many movies over this last couple weeks. Four, grilling. I, I think for every day for like dinner, I've grilled a cheeseburger, a double cheeseburger. I would say five would be playing cards. Playing yeah, I like that. that. That's definitely my sixth man is playing games and or cards, however you want to say it. 
Have you guys seen, uh, and I've got a few here that I'll talk about, but just real quick, have you heard of this playingcards.io website? Uh-uh. It, uh, it's called like playingcards.io. It's basically kind of a, I mean, you can, you can just, you can get people to log on to the same table and then you basically have a deck of cards and you can just play games or you can play checkers. There's like a cards against humanity option on there. Um, it's awesome. So playingcards.io, definitely check it out. Um, Cause I know a lot of people are doing these zoom parties and stuff now and happy hours and all that. Uh, so that's, that's a way uh, I think folks can still uh, interact and be competitive and all that. But my list, my list, I really don't have any original ones that you guys didn't cover, but house projects, uh, it's a great opportunity to, you know, paint that trim that you've been uh, setting aside or whatever it is. Uh, cooking, you know, we've we've cooked a little bit more at home just because it's cheaper than continually ordering out. Although we've made sure to try to order out at least once a week just to support some of the local business. But uh, it is good to just be at home and cook, work and school stuff, uh, spending time with family. I mean, it's when you have more time at home, it's amazing how everything just slows down a little bit and you can find time to spend time with family. Whereas when you're at the office all day or in class all day, you get home and then it's just a scramble to get dinner done. And then it's a scramble to get things ready for bed. And you just don't seem like you have a lot of time to stop and kind of enjoy the moment. So, and then with that, just getting outside, same thing, uh, going out and shooting the basketball in the driveway. We've got a hoop in our driveway. There's been a few times we've gone out there and, you know, it's, it's like life has just slowed way down, which, um, you know, economically, I don't know how good that is for everybody, but I just think for mental health to be able to step back and, and just relax a little bit. I think that's one of the silver lining things that I hope people are kind of taking away from all this is that, you know, we probably won't have a lot of, hopefully, uh, well, I don't know, that doesn't sound good, but, you know, we probably won't have a lot of these opportunities in our lives to, to really just slow down and have as much time with family and, and all that. So you know, I hope people are taking advantage of that because when everything gets back to normal and we're working all day, I hope people don't regret that they didn't, you know, use this time wisely. Agreed. So with that, we'll uh, go ahead and wrap things up here with shout outs as we usually do. Yeah. My, my shout out um, is actually just to you, Matt. Um, you know, for the listeners, Matt, obviously puts in a lot of his own time working on this and, and recording and editing and whatever else. And, um, so just appreciate what you do to help us out, Matt. Jackson's giving me a funny look. I've given you plenty of shout outs on this podcast over the last couple of years. You don't get another one a day. Oh, I appreciate that. And shout out to you too. Um, you know, we've told the story, but we talked about this, what, two summers ago, almost going on two summers ago. Yeah, it's almost been two years. Yeah. So it's like, hell, why not? So there's not that much to it. But, uh, you know, I think it's great. Jackson, thanks for coming on to the podcast. What, this is like your fourth or fifth time? Yeah, Jackson's definitely the, the, the most recurring guest in two years of this podcast. And I, I don't think it's actually that close. I like coming on. It's fun talking to you guys. My shout out is to all the people participating in the social quarantining. You'd be surprised how many people just are kind of like, you know, I'm not going to social quarantine. So to those of you that are doing it, keep it up. It'll be over before we know it, hopefully. Yeah. And obviously to any nurses or doctors, um, mm-hmm. any care, 
huge shout out to you guys. I and mean, you're, you're really putting your own health on the line by being out there on the front lines of this. So, um, you know, this, those people are, and, and then people who, you know, are, are, uh, keeping gas stations going and in grocery stores and restocking toilet paper whenever they can get it. You know, a lot of those little jobs too, that we kind of take for granted are, are super important in making sure that society can function. So Jackson, you, I know you're a biology major. Is this, are, are you going to go into epi, epidemiology? What is it called? Where you study a study of disease? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't, you know, good. I don't know. It's just up for grabs. I could be worried. This could affect me when I want to be a CNA though, just um, trying to get a job and stuff like that. But I kind of got to wait till my thumb heals up before I can do anything, which it has been healing slowly, but I'm not a patient guy. So it's been tough, but. Then obviously again, you know, shout out to the listeners. Uh, this is, I guess, officially the last um, official BC buckets of the, 1920 season um, yeah well we'll see about that matt this has actually been pretty easy to do over zoom yeah. so i mean there hang tight for a couple of weeks there might be something new coming we'll see oh oh yeah i was just gonna say you know it's very possible we'll have some quote-unquote off-season episodes but this wraps up uh this this basketball season so uh yeah i think i think uh, that gives us plenty of time to talk about more life rules and and other things that we kind of start figuring out about each other as a society here. I think it'll be interesting to hear your take on, on uh, what we're doing well and what we aren't. So we'll keep them coming as, as best as we can. And Jackson, you're welcome anytime, obviously. I have to keep you up on that. Sorry, coach. It's all good. No, I'm going to be giving you crap every time I'm on here. That's why I say sorry. Oh, believe me, you're, you're going to lose that battle. We both know you are. You're going to try, but you're going to lose the battle, and that's okay. Um, you know, I just want you to know that going in. All right. All right. On that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for this one. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I uh, hope everybody's staying safe and healthy out there, doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, we appreciate everyone who's staying at home and, and doing the things they're supposed to do. So hopefully we can get get this thing back to normal here sooner than later. And and. You know, I'm confident we'll be able to do that as long as everyone keeps following the rules. So uh, with that, we're signing off. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.